Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. great thing for you this morning. Uh, Pastor Melissa was able to sit down this week previously or earlier this week and talk to three incredible women just about how God strengthened them through seasons in life. And so today we get this privilege of sitting in on this conversation. And so let's turn our attention and join them in their conversation this morning. It is so good to be with you this morning. We have a real treat for you this morning. I've got three incredible ladies who are going to share a little bit of their story. And, you know, for a lot of us, it's actually been a really tough year. Not only just COVID, but we um, there's things going on in people's lives. And and we have three ladies who've, who have quite the testimony. And so I just want them, first of all, just to share a little bit about themselves this morning. And so, Kathy, why don't you go ahead first? I, I just want everybody just to share your name, how long you've been married, how many kids you have, and something maybe unique about yourself. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, I'm Kathy Wilson. I am going to be married 45 years in August to the same man. Uh, we had two children, Sarah and David, and they live in uh, Waterdale and Vancouver, so we don't see them very often. And something unique about me is I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just an ordinary person who loves. You know, actually, I could probably say a very unique thing about you. You are always smiling, always smiling. And this lady is the one who runs our kitchen when COVID is not happening. And makes food amazing, but always makes everybody feel special. So I know it's hard to say something like that about yourself, but so let me do that about you. You are amazing. We just love you to bits. You're just absolutely awesome. Um, um, Ashley, why don't you go next? So I'm Pastor Ashley. Um, Alex and I have been married almost eight years. August will be our eighth anniversary, which is crazy to believe it's already been eight years. Uh, we have two boys, Kian and Landon, and we have baby number three on the way, due in September. So we're very, very excited about that. And something unique about myself, um, I absolutely love arranging flowers. So it's a little hobby I've picked up over the years, and it's actually become a little business for me. So it's called 180 Floral, and it is a hobby. It is something that just is a creative outlet for me. So this week, my house has been filled with beautiful flowers, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> Reminds you of spring, right? Exactly. Amazing. Um, Kim, why don't you share it with us? Sure. Uh, my name is Kim Shellhas, and I've been married for 37 years. Um, I am a somewhat retired teacher of languages and music. I have three adult children, uh, ages 32, 30, and 26. And one is married for four years and looking for a house. They live in Michigan, so I haven't seen her for a year. Really missing her. Uh, one is getting married this July and just told us last week. <laughs> no engagement, just we're getting married. And I'm really excited about that. Um, our third is also in a serious relationship, so it's nice to see that they're all, you know, in love and, uh, you know, being cared for. Um, and something unique about myself is I speak five languages. What? So um, my mom and dad were Dutch. Um, so they spoke Dutch when I was a child. And it's very true that you can learn a language just by hearing it. Um, French was my language in high school that I really enjoyed. So I carried on and, and did a double major in French and German. And a little bit of Spanish on the side. Amazing. I don't have that side of the brain that has any languages. So an incredible, brilliant mind. That's awesome. Um, well, this morning, um, I know it's Mother's Day. And so often you think we're going to talk all about parenting. But I actually wanted to go a little bit in a different direction this morning. Due to the fact that we have been in such um, an intense season. Um, you know, men and women married, single, parenting, you know, no, child, no, no children. We have all been through a lot this year. And I think that um, 
I think the, the resounding conversation that I've been hearing a lot lately is a lot of trials, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. Um, and we know that the one thing that we all have in common is, is we need to find peace in life. Um, and so I, um, I believe 100% that our peace for, comes from God. And so I wanted to ask you guys, um, how do you spend time with God? Um, do you have maybe some rituals that you want to share with us that you do every single day? Um, and how important is it to you to stay regularly connected with God? Does any of you guys want to go first? Maybe I should pick you up for the camera's sake. Ashley, why don't you sure. go first? Yeah, so um, this season of life with little kids and school at home, um, I often put this expectation on myself that it should be this like picture perfect, like comfy chair, nice hot cup of tea, perfectly undisturbed quiet time with God, which I love. And I do get that sometimes, and it's what I crave. But there's also seasons where it's not like that. And I forget who it was. So if this was you that said it, forgive me for forgetting you said it. But it was during one of the ladies' calls that you did in, during that first season of lockdown. And she just said something about finding those pockets of oasis throughout the day. And those pockets of just meeting with God. And it's just restored that, that joy that it's not like, I need to carve out this time. And it's, it's so hard to get that with little ones. Um, but it's just looking for those moments of oasis and and refueling throughout the day and those those moments that I can meet with God, you know, five minutes away while the boys are playing. And then, you know, the next time, you know, 10 minutes while I'm prepping dinner that I can just pause and, you know, listen to the Lord. It's those moments of oasis that keep me going. But another thing that I've been really learning is the what rest is, because it's been a busy season. And the quiet times don't look like what they used to. You know, I used to have that chair in my bedroom where I'd get up and I'd have that peaceful, quiet time, and then morning sickness hit. And the last thing I wanted to do was sit in that chair. But I've been learning in those times that I do have that downtime, rest is two different things. There's lazy and there's leisure. And laziness is those things that you come out of, and it's a time of rest. It's not a time of expectation. It's just I'm doing something restful and relaxing. But I come out of it more tired than I went into it because it wasn't fulfilling. And not that those times of rest need to be like checking off boxes, but I came out of it more exhausted than I went in. And it wasn't refilled or refueled or anything. Whereas leisure, it's still restful, totally restful. But I come out of it feeling rejuvenated. And I think it was in EHS where it talks about recreation. So not recreation, but recreation. And it's a time to let the Lord recreate in you and to refuel you and refill you. And so using those times of rest, because they're there, I've just been using them as lazy times instead of leisure times. So leisure for me often is sitting in the bath with a book. And it's so wonderful. And that's the time that, you know, God speaks the most to me is just I'm by myself and having those times to refocus. I remember you mentioning that to me last week when we were just having a conversation. And that triggered something in me to think more wisely about how I spend my time. Because you're right, laziness is sitting back watching a couple Netflix shows or, you know, or mindlessly just flipping on Facebook and you don't realize an hour has gone by. And you feel um, very depleted or defeated or... Um, Numb is actually a really good word to say. You just kind of feel numb by the end of it. But to refill yourself takes some intentionality. And it's very restful, but you come out in, in a very different position. And so I love that. Rest versus recreation. That's so good. Or um, lazy versus la leisure. Lazy versus leisure. Yes, so good. Thank you for that. That was amazing. Um, Kim, how about you? Well, I like that Ashley mentioned... Um, the rest and the leisure, the lazy before leisure, because I kind of have always, and I didn't realize I did this, I've given myself a bit of a dangling carrot, you know, a bit of a treat. So I get my, you know, one hour of my Netflix or my special reading or whatever after I've done something specific, whether it's, you know, spending time with God or just, you know, having one of those meditative moments where I just, you know, listen for the voice of God. Um, and then on top of that, Ashley, I was just going to say that those quiet times will come again. 
And um, at this point in my life, you know, with grown adult children, it is very quiet in our home. So each morning, my time with God is uninterrupted. So that's amazing. Um, I, I spend it with, you know, a cup of coffee, sitting in my lazy boy chair, and sometimes at 3 p.m., you know, I'll have my tea time, and that's when I call my mom, who's 86, and, you know, we have our, our yeah, I have a little time with God, and then I'll give mom a call. Um, so in my quiet time, I actually do a reading, I choose a scripture, and then I ask God to speak. And Pastor Melissa, you know, in our times when we had our ladies Bible study, this was really important. And I learned so much from that, from you and from just listening to the word and then also just resting and just listening to the way God speaks to us. And then journaling and journaling is such a big thing for me. I'm a real writer. I love languages. I love hearing God's voice. And it's always sweet. It's always good. And he never condemns. He always encourages. And he, sure, he will tell us when there's areas that we need to work on. And we have to be very sensitive to listening to his voice. And so that's how I spend time with God. And um, being connected to God, to me, it's just so important. Um, I think of how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're not hearing the word of God, we just aren't connected again. It's the grafting into the vine. We have to be connected. And whether it's little snippets through the day where we connect with him and just listen to him or speak to him, or even I used to call it um, with my prayer ladies, um, we call it um, uh where, where we're just throwing up a prayer, you know, real quickly into the air if you're having a busy day. Um, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's just staying connected. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so good. And it's so important. Um, I, I can, at this point in my life, be able to feel like I can hear from God fairly quickly. But when you mentioned journaling, um, it is so much deeper. And it's so much more personal. Mm -hmm. And it's just God lavishing love on me. Um, so I can um, settle, I guess the word would be, settle to hear a quick word from God. Or I could um, have the pleasure of forcing myself to journal because it actually doesn't come easily for me. And I've always kind of been one to like hide my journal. Like I've always been afraid somebody's going to like know what I'm really thinking. Um, so it's a struggle for me to actually journal. But every time I do, it, it's so much deeper than if I had have just sat here and said, okay, God speak. It's different. And so it's so important. Um, how about you, Kathy? Do you have any tidbits for us this morning? Well, you girls make me feel bad. I'm very boring. There's nothing to do. You guys are so busy, and <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I still need the Lord in a major way. Um, I get a devotion on my phone every morning at 6.30, so I can either read it then or read it later. And the one I get is from David Maines, and he has been gone, but he still talks to me. <laughs> um, and I like how he has pictures of the Holy Land and where the, the scripture took place that he's talking about. And then he puts it in a personal life application. And that is, I find that very nice. If I'm having a down day, we have um, YouTube and there's so many sermons on there. And um, I find it very refreshing just to get pumped up by these pastors who talk to me. And uh, that's amazing. Also, I found that when I can't sleep at night, I'm old school, I have scriptures on CD. And so I will just um, put a CD on. And I find that is very, very relaxing and calming. And um, God is my best friend. I need him constantly. And when I'm in the middle of the day, he'll just bring someone to mind and... That is who I pray for, and I'll send a text to, or um, we're just really in tune. And I talk to him about everything. It's very personal. That's amazing. And I think that's what's so um, 
incredible about having our alone time in the morning. Because we, instead of going, okay, here's my day, Lord, would you bless it? We can say, here's my day, what do you want me to do? You know, like I can work into my day, specific times, or just more space, where it's not like moment to moment to moment, but just some space where I'm like, okay, God, I want a God moment. I want you to fill this time. Who is it that you want me to, sh- to encourage? Because that's what is life. And I know that you're going to share that a little bit more in your testimony in a little bit. But um, the, the, the daily encouragements from people, the, body, the reason why we need the body of Christ, it's so important. And it's so important in those moments to say, do you need me to do something this morning? Do you need me to do something today? Do you need me to encourage somebody? That's what being a Christian and, and a Christ follower and a child of God is really all about. That's amazing. It's so good. So um, I have mentioned it has been um, a hard year for so many people. And so I kind of want to start with just simply the pandemic. Um, so Pastor Ashley, um, I want to ask you, because it is Mother's Day, and so I do want to talk about it a little bit today. As a mom and a wife, how has this pandemic affected you? Um, what is one thing that you have learned? What is something that you know God has showed you or the season has showed you that you've gleaned from in this season? Yeah, it's been a crazy season. I mean, everyone here has such a unique story, and I'm so blessed to be able to hear those today. Um, But for me, our story has been a work from home, homeschool, life with kids pandemic, and it's and it's been busy. And the things that I've learned is how important it is to take care of myself. Two different analogies that I've heard before are the starving baker or the empty pool syndrome. Both kind of the same gist, you know, the the starving baker who bakes and bakes and bakes for everybody else. And he starts small and he just keeps going to the point where he then has no time to feed himself and he starves. You know, he literally bakes for a living but starves because he stops taking care of himself. And the other one, this, the empty pool syndrome, it's, you know, there's this pool that has a stream that constantly fills it. And there's also the stream that goes out. But when the out exceeds the in, the pool will empty. And so for me, it was a season of remembering to feed myself, to keep that pool full, because there's a lot going out and I need to make sure there's a lot coming in. Um, and even just like on a wife perspective, like that, that translates to everything that translates to, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a pastor, as a friend like that, that goes across the board, but a little more specifically as a wife, for me, this pandemic, I've been working from home and homeschooling Kian's in SK and Landon's too. So he's thankfully been able to continue going to daycare so that he's able to have some friends to play with. But, um, at home, I often evenings became work times. And I realized how much I need to protect that time with Alex. And my mom has always said right from day one that, you know, your spouse is your very best friend. Always remember that. Like even in the thick of raising kids, they're your best friend. So treat them like your best friend. Date them when you've been married like 25, 50 years. Continue making that investment. And I never realized how much I appreciated that until evenings couldn't be that. We couldn't just have a babysitter and we couldn't go out on a date night. So we've had to get creative. And so just last night we ordered in food and half the time, you know, it's cold and soggy by the time everybody's finally asleep. But we, we try and carve out that time that this is a time for us to still be friends. Like we're not just, you know, two bodies living in the same home, raising our kids. We are friends. And so that's been a real lesson for me to remember to take care of myself, but also not to just lose each other in the process. And whether that's my spouse, my kids, my friends, like just take care of ourselves and, and carve out that time. So, yeah, that's awesome. Actually, one thing that, um, Chad and I have done because our kids are a little bit older, but we're in the same boat. And there are a lot of parents who are working from home. My heart goes out to the teachers who are teaching other kids while their kids are, you know, online. That is so difficult. There are parents who are away from their kids all day and knowing that their kids are at home by themselves. That is heartbreaking. Um, And then there, you know, there's just so many different stories. Ours is similar to you where we have to kind of, you know, be able to help our kids and then work, you know, in the creases whenever we can, which means it streams more into the evenings and different things. Um, 
But because our kids are finally at the age where they can stay at home by themselves, which is super exciting, nothing is open. We can't go anywhere. But um, I know that Chad challenged all of the marriage couples in our small group on Tuesday nights that they needed to go for a walk and hold onto hands. And so I'm like, really? So you got to do that with me too. And so our kids can now stay at home by themselves. And so we go for a walk every day. And it's not just good for our bodies, but it's good for our minds too. And, um, and then we get to talk about the day without little ears constantly hearing. Um, but that was not, actually, we never did that before. We, you know, uh, we might go for a, a hike, but the kids were always with us. So this is just time for Chad and I to go. And for everybody to have a little bit of individual time you know, alone, but it's, it's a challenge. Um, just stepping just for a few seconds into more parenting and just the topic of parenting. I'm just going to throw this out for you guys. If you guys had some encouragement for moms, um, or parents, um, especially in this season, at the season that you guys are in with your, with your kids grown up, um, um, I know that we're in a really unique season, but what would be, you know, um, a point of encouragement or a suggestion um, that you have learned from your life that you could share? Um, I, I was listening, as I was listening and you were saying, carve out these times for you and your husband. Um, that's very, very important throughout your entire marriage um, and raising children when you're busy, especially. Uh, and then you, when your children are adults and grown adults, you have to carve out time for them. And they can become very busy in their adult lives, working full-time, looking for homes, you know, deciding what the next step in life is. And so we have Sunday evenings on Messenger, and we do a little video chat. And sometimes not all can join, but, you know, sometimes there's six of us, sometimes there's four, sometimes there's three. Um, and we even add grandma in the mix. And so it's kind of become a tradition through this last year of pandemic that Sunday night, everyone just kind of carves out that time, usually around 7 p.m. And uh, we just have some fun. You know, we hang out together. We've also done some online games together um, because you've had to really change the way you do things, you know, not being able to see our daughter and son-in-law in Michigan, you know, um, I have a Saturday morning coffee date with her on FaceTime. And um, we did it a few times last year, actually in a real coffee shop. So she would go to a coffee shop. I'd go to a coffee shop. I'd bring my little iPad. I'd sit down there with my coffee. I actually got told one time I have to use my headphones. <laughs> and, you know, we just had a really wonderful coffee date together. So it's, that's really important, um, you know, during this pandemic time to try to find um, new, um, new little rituals that you can do together as a family. Never give up on that. Celebrate birthdays, celebrate graduations. Our daughter graduated last year with her master's in social work and she put on a rope like just a, you know, a night robe. And she had her husband's bucket hat and they had a fake, um, a fake diploma and she marched in their living room and we all clapped, Aww. you know? So do things like that, celebrate those moments. And, you know, we're looking forward to this wedding coming up. We're going to celebrate it. And even if they can't be there, they'll be there on FaceTime. Thank you so much for sharing. That is so important and so intentional mm -hmm. um, as a parent because it is a different ball of wax. So that's amazing. That's awesome. Kathy, do you have anything to share with us? I want my kids to do that for me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, texting is amazing. Mm -hmm. Zoom meetings, Zoom parties. Uh, I had a nephew get married last summer, and we had a, a Zoom wedding party uh, for them. Because, um, it, but it was so much fun to see everybody. And we played a game, and like you would at a bridal shower, we did it online. Um, as we're doing something together, keep it up forever. You know, um, Brian and I play games every day. Um, sometimes he lets me win. <laughs> uh, 
we have bicycles. We go biking. Um, yeah, just just be kids. Don't ever grow up. It's, <laughs> it's remember the, your youth. Remember your dating. Uh, what you used to do, and your kids will see that, and they will carry on that tradition, like what you have shown your guys. It's life is important. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. And we're really fortunate to be able to, you know, have a spouse. Um, to have kids, but I know that there are a lot of people out there who are very, very lonely. Um, you know, we were even talking just about neighbors and, um, you know, how they don't have a church family to, to bring them through stuff. Um, how important has connecting with friends been for you? Um, because whether we have a family or not, um, we all have needs to have connection with people, especially as we are going through trials and as we're going through things. And again, you guys can talk about that a little bit in your testimonies too, but how have you tried strategically to stay connected to people so that you are thriving through this season? Um, Kathy, do you want to share first? I've been bad. Uh, <laughs> I have friends who... Have, we have uh, front lawn parties, just two of us, right? Have coffee or cupcakes, or uh, friends drop by on their bikes, on their bike ride. Um, just a little impromptu. Nobody calls and said, I'm coming over. Just show up, because we're always home. Um, that is really, really important. Even on the computer, we play games with our friends in Bancroft, you know? Um, Friends are so important, and um, it doesn't matter who you are, you need friends. And the older I get, the more I realize I need younger friends because they make life fun. And you hear what their kids are doing and uh, brings back good memories. Um, it makes you want to do friends, friend things when this is all over, right? It's going to be fun. Yeah, and we might have more friends because we have been more intentional. More but I think that's, yeah, I think that's the thing about, um, about the connection, though, is we have to take the initiative, too. Um, especially, and for those introverts out there, it's like, oh, God, I don't have to go out now. But you don't realize how much you need it, and you really have to be the one to put the foot first right, to f put the foot forward, um, because you can't wait for somebody else to do it for you or to come to you. You've got to do it yourself. Kim, has that been important for you? Uh, it has been really important for, for us, and we've been on the receiving end of people reaching out to us, and we were just chuckling before this all um, started how Kathy will send me just a little text, and it just says, hello, you know, or how's your day? And that's just enough for me to know that she's thinking about me. And, you know, you've done the same, Pastor Melissa. You know, how are things? And honestly, I can't tell you how much that means to be on the receiving end of those. Um, so, yes, it's important. And when God prompts you to connect with people, just do it. It doesn't have to be, you know, a big, long phone call. It can just be a quick text and saying, hi, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. That's awesome. How about you, Pastor Ashley? Well, I feel like I need to do like a public apology because I feel like I haven't stayed connected with my friends the way I want to. And I've always seen myself as like an extroverted person. You know, I love getting together with my friends and I love those times to connect. Um, and then this last season, I've been like, oh, maybe introverted isn't so bad. <laughs> this stay at home thing is kind of nice. Um, but then there's seasons where I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to have a bonfire. I just want our friends over. And we just, like Alex and I were just talking about that last night going, oh, we miss our friends. We just want to have friends again. But this season has really taught me two things. Number one, that it requires great intentionality. Um, that I can't just, you know, oh, when do I get to see my friends again? You know, it requires that intentionality of me to send that text. But it's also taught me the other side of it is that it's a lot more simple than we make it out to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, this five-star dining experience that I, you know, my house is spotless and everybody comes over and it's this big dining experience. I miss the bonfires where it's bring your lunch here and we'll have marshmallows. I miss the, the spontaneous, the relaxed things. Um, and even like the text messages, that's something I'm trying to be more intentional at is whenever I think of them, 
send them a message. Um, again, it doesn't have to be anything crazy long or profound, but just letting them know, hey, I'm thinking of you. So to all my friends, I'm sorry. I'm working on it. But just to know that I do miss it, that it takes intentionality both ways, but it's also, it doesn't have to be huge, grandiose gestures. It's the small, regular that makes the difference. Right. I think um, there have been different times. I find that every time I get into a lockdown, um, my mood just kind of takes a good good dive for, you know, maybe two weeks. There's about a two-week window, and then I'm like, oh, I can't go there, you know? And it's in that turning point where I wake up, and I'm like, I have got to reach out to somebody else. And just, and it's as soon as I reach out to somebody else, how are you doing? It reminds me that, you know, somebody else has it worse than I do, or... I receive. I am so much more of the receiver of the joy when I am able to actually reach out to somebody and help them or just to connect with them. Um, and so that's one thing that has helped me is, you know, if, if things are going down, I try to, I, I have learned that I have to, you know, even like put a sticky note somewhere. Have you called somebody today? Have you asked them how they're doing? Because as soon as you ask them how you're doing, it's just that reminder there's somebody who has it worse than we do. And I've, you know, we've got a roof over our heads where, you know, we've got food, we've got kids, you know, all is really well. And that it keeps your mind off of yourself. You know, we need to be others focused, not our own focused, right? Um, so, um, you know, we talked about a little bit about parenting and we've been talking a little bit about the fact that it's been a rough year. Um, I am so privileged to have two incredible women here um, who have um, had a traumatic year, who have had an incredibly hard year. Um, and I just want to, um, I know that there's many people who, who actually don't even know them because there's so many new people to the church. And so I want um, you guys to share a little bit of your testimony. And I want you just to share maybe how God has sustained you in this season. Um, how has... Um, maybe he's given you a scripture verse or maybe he's just shown you something. Um, but, but how has God shown up this year for you and how have you clung to him? Um, Kim, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, just share a little bit about yourself and your story this year. Okay. Uh, well, we, I'm a somewhat retired teacher. Um, and my husband and I bought, um, the Forest Motel in 2005, when our children were still at home, and some in high school and some in grade school. Um, and then, um, so over the 16 years, eventually I stopped teaching because it got busier and busier. And then we bought the house across the road and turned that into a and b and added that to our load. And that was when I stopped teaching in 2011. And uh, so this year in 2020 and 2021, COVID, you know, affected tourism greatly. So we kind of had to do uh, com completely, you know, revamping how we think and what we do. And we'd always wanted to do um, trail tours. So uh, we hired, we, we got a summer jobs student. We got two. And one of them was in ecology, and, and we asked her to develop this program with our guidance. And it, it was becoming a real hit. And, and in the fall, we were able to apply for a grant. And so this grant um, gave us uh, money to buy a trail groomer. We were able to um, buy signs. We could make, you know, really nice historic signs about our place. Um, we have 30 acres, uh, and it's beautiful, protected environmental land with uh, five acres, six acres of, of water, a beautiful lake. So we developed this, and um, it just was really, really going well. Um, in January, we had, um, we had been back into lockdown number two, and uh, so... It was still, uh, they, they were still allowing outdoor exercise. So what we ended up doing was we were doing um, family skates. And my husband was up at five in the morning, you know, icing the lake. And, and we had a beautiful spot for people to play hockey and figure skate. We had some, 
really amazing, you know, figure skaters out there. We had one group at a time, one family unit only. Our limit was five. And then we had new skis that we'd purchased through this Invest Stratford grant. So things were going really well. And at the time, we only had, um, we were uh, closed to um, anybody who was staying for short term and only if there was a long-term housing need. So we had someone staying with us. And one morning we just got, we went in, there were four of us, my, my husband, myself, my son, and uh, his girlfriend, and we were all getting ready for the busy day. We had skiers coming, and then we would have an hour with a, a break, half hour break in between, and then we had snowshoers. And then we um, had a family coming for skating on the skating rink. And we were sitting there getting prepared and having coffee. And all of a sudden, we saw a big whiteout come around the corner. It was a really snowy day. And we thought, that's kind of odd. So um, Natalie, my son's boyfriend, goes out, and she, or girlfriend, and she goes out, and she says, that's not snow, that's smoke. And we ran out and, you know, long story short, it was a massive fire in one of the rooms and we had escaped with our life. It was over our head when we ran out at that moment. Somebody on the road had already called 911. So it was just, it was devastating. Um, you know, Pastor Chad was there, you know, within minutes, you know, because he knew what's going, what was going on. And was there to support us. Our neighbors were there. They were holding us up. You know, we were just in shock. We were just in shock. You know, you could see the flames coming up from the road, and it was just, it was just unbelievable. You know, um, still to this day, you just, you can't imagine that this would happen. Um, so, so as we're going through this, you know, um, it was, it was just such a difficult time um, that we, we, we were just saying, you know, like, how could this possibly happen? God, you know, what are you trying to say through all of this? And, you know, over the past three months, you know, just working through the entire situation and knowing that the building was lost completely, 16 rooms, you know, a breakfast room, a conference room, a, an office, a meeting room, you know, and all of our bikes in the shed were all damaged. All of Conroy's um, tools were gone. Um, you know, because the, the fire went up and over and it, and it actually in the two end, um, sheds and garage, it had nowhere to go. So it went straight down. So it destroyed everything that, you know, we owned that carried on with the motel, um, business. Um, so, so we were, you know, thinking, well, you know, Lord, what are we going to do? Like, this is, this is just, you know, we, we've. You, you just can't imagine being in that position. Um, and so, you know, how, how has God sustained me through all of this? Um, you know, how has he sustained us? Well, I would say that, you know, number one, what we've been talking about is God gave us a community. And you know what? It's, it's like the footprints in the sand. And that sounds like a cliche. I know. But you know, we were actually talking last week with someone who, who said, yeah, you know, God carries you, but like, when does he start to let you down again? And so, you know, God was carrying us and we're getting to that point where, you know, we're able to put our feet back on the sand again. Um, so yeah, he does carry you and, and he carries you through so many different things in the community. So it's the community of the saints it's the prayer of the people, you know, that carry you through that time. Um, it was the love, the meals that were sent our way. You know, we could have had months of meals. Pastor, Pastor Melissa says, you know, just let me know when you don't want any anymore. We, we called it the runaway train. It's not the meal train. It was the runaway train. You know, we had people dropping off things every day for weeks and weeks. And like they were holding us up. We couldn't stand. We couldn't sleep at night. We couldn't, you know, and it was just such a difficult time, but we just felt carried. And that was because we were connected to a community and this community loved us. They showed us, um, God's love by, you know, giving us uh, cards and donations and meals and everything. It's so hard to be on the receiving end sometimes because, you know, we've been givers and doers. We really love, you know, we're connected to a mission group in the Dominican and it's hard to receive. But 
you realize that that's what they want to do right now and you need to receive. And so once we relaxed in that and started to receive, I think we really felt God showing us that um, this was a time to just receive from him and receive from his people. Um, so that was, that was how we were sustained, I would say, through all of this was prayer um, and the people, the community. Right. I remember the day um, we were driving to work and um, I actually saw a fire truck um, at a restaurant and I said to the kids, because the kids were in the car, I said, I think the, the restaurant's um, on fire. We need to pray for them right now. And so we prayed for them in the car. And then we got into staff meeting. It was a Zoom staff meeting. And then somebody sent us a picture. And we just all gasped and started to cry and started to pray for you guys. And you guys have been so on our hearts. And, um, yeah, you've been mm -hmm. prayed for and loved by, by this community. But I also just see God's hand on you and um, just seeing God work in you, you know, the, the struggle, but seeing him literally sustain you. If you were to speak to somebody going through um, a similar situation or a situation where um, they just didn't know what to do, um, could you speak to them about how, about maybe where God is in it or what God might be saying to them? Well, one, one thought that stands out to me was six days after, we went online for a prayer after church. And that was, you know, it was, we were very, it was still very raw. And our church um, has a prayer team. And the prayer team was online on Zoom. And we were just blown away. Because not only do you just get prayer, you know, at that moment... I don't know what you guys did or how you were prompted by God, but everyone on the prayer team was there. It wasn't just it wasn't just one-on-one -on -one prayer. It was everyone on the prayer team. That blew us away. Um, it was just so it was so emotional. Each person had a specific um, they each had a specific verse in mind or a prayer or a picture for us. And that was so sustaining and it was so special to be we were we knew that we were being really cared for um and it was and so you know so for anyone who might you know be going through a really tough time uh, lean lean into that you know just receive and and write down or record those moments so that you can go back. What we did was we wrote all those scriptures out. Right. We went back over them for days. Wow. We soaked in them. Right. You know, like there were, there were scriptures, there were, there were, you know, scriptures that told us, you know, even when you walk through the fire, right. and I'll share that later about our favorite scriptures, right. you know, but it was amazing how each scripture spoke to us. And I do remember, you know, um, one of one of the people when they prayed for us sobbed and it was so touching for us it was like they are grieving with us right. and somebody said to us when we were speaking later on three months later um, you know you're not the only ones grieving your whole community is grieving with you and one thing he said to us was you have to realize you can't carry their grief too. Right. So, you know, it was, it was a community that was supporting one another through scripture, through prayer, and we were all grieving together. Right. Wow. Yeah. But you had to take the first step to go on the prayer. You're right. Because you, if you hadn't have went on for prayer, then you wouldn't have received that. And then you had to write it down and you had to choose to wake up and to read it and to meditate on it. That's and right. so that's so important because there is help. There is um, a local church in somebody's hometown, wherever they are in cyber world. Um, there's 100 Huntley Street that's got prayer teams. Um, there are places where you can go for prayer and we need to be intentional about doing that. Absolutely. We have to receive it. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we were encouraged also by the um, trauma team who called us a week after the fire to get that help that wow. we need. Wow. And 
I was very intentional about that for our family as right. well. Right. And we are still getting that support that we need. Right. So do reach out for any support you can get because right. God has put those professionals in place and we need, you know, we need to reach out for that. Counseling is very important. You know, God made us body, soul, spirit, and, you know, your mind and your emotions, God gave you them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there are counselors that can help you navigate through them, especially Christian counselors. And so that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you Thank for you. sharing. Um, I know we're, we have another person who's just been through a, an incredible year, not an incredible year, an incredibly tense year. Um, Kathy, would you share with us your story? Yes, I will. It was a, a quite a year, but it was um, a pleasure to support Brian. Um, I haven't cried before, so here we go. <laughs> um, he was diagnosed with throat cancer in December, and um, so... Um, he had a tonsil removed in January. We were just so amazed how God just made all the appointments, boom, boom, boom. We did not have to wait for anything. It was just supplied, and that was amazing. So for our, um, 35 days, Monday to Friday of the last week of January and the whole month of February, we got to go to London, so we didn't have to sit around the house and think about what we're going to do that day. Um, Brian got such encouragement and support from the London Health Unit. Pray for those women and those doctors, because they see so much stuff, and they're so supportive. And we just love them. Also, our church family is, has been amazing. Chad and Melissa, we could not have done that without you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, we're good. <laughs> and, um, we had people drive. Josh Lovell was amazing. He said, Kath, I know you don't like to drive in the snow, so if there's a storm, I... he took days off work to drive Brian. And Pastor Charlie, every Thursday he was there, and uh, Gary and Stu to give me a break and bless them all. So, um, in all of this, we have realized how important it is to reach out for, to people who are going through anything, life problems, health problems. And um, the prayer after church really was amazing. Other churches were praying for Brian. This is a cute story. I was at No Frills last week. <laughs> I'm in a line over here, and over here I hear this guy Hey, Kath, how's Brian doing? We're praying for him. <laughs> so everybody in the line, look around, see who's talking to who. But um, God answers prayer. And I have learned that if you're going through something, don't keep it. Share it. People care about each other. Um, he need, we need to know that that is... That's how Brian healed so quickly, is that he knew that he did not have to do it alone, that he had people reaching out to God for him because you're so weak at a time when you're down. Um, and we're all the family of God. It's like Carlos said in his message, what, months ago? says, we're family, and we are. We care about each other. My scripture, what really helped me through this is the last Bible study, the EMS Bible study. Talked about the wall. <laughs> it was, 
It took me a while to read through that chapter, but that was helped me immensely. And if um, if you have the book, go through it again. I I can't um, promote it enough. That was amazing scripture. The scripture that spoke to me in, in that was, "Be still, and know that I am God. Don't worry. I got this under control." You're going to be better because of this. And that's what Brian and I have discovered. Be still and know that I am God. And the most important thing in life, Jesus tells us to love one another. To reach out and say hi, a text. You don't know what people are going through. You have no idea what everybody's going through something different and all this. And just be kind and love them. Thank you for sharing. How is Brian doing now? He's great. Yeah. We go for a CAT scan tomorrow. He went, he had all the uh, side effects. You know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. None of those has happened. He has no problem with his saliva. He can swallow now. Praise God. This week. And his hearing was not affected in tomorrow's CAT scan. Wow. Yeah. It's, so God is good. What does he do from here on in with his journey? Is, is, it, is there anything he needs to keep doing? Um, he just wants to get his strength back. Yeah. He's, he's work, he lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, a little rubbing a little, a little bit. Because <laughs> he couldn't eat, I did, right? <laughs> um, yeah, he just wants to get back to having a life and reaching out to people, his ministry. Yeah, we've been praying for you, and I know the church has been too. So, so this is is good for us, you know, for all of you guys to know how to keep praying for you, and just a reminder that we all have stuff, and we need to reach out to our neighbors because they're going through something. And I don't know where we would be without prayer. I don't know where we would be without support. And if the more you value it for yourself, the more you realize others need it, and you need to be there for them too. So it's so good. So we're running to an end here. Um, just one last closing thought for each one of you. If you had a scripture verse that, you know, you live your life by or one important thing, what's the one most important thing in life? Ashley, do you want to share? Yeah. So, um, you said something earlier just about how we're all in these different seasons and it's different for all of us. And I've heard this quote floating around the internet that's we're all in the same storm, but we all have different boats. And even we've heard today, like, you know, the different storms, you know, the different, what your boat has been experiencing in this storm has been so different. We're all under the umbrella of this pandemic, but inside of that pandemic, there's been such different experiences. And it's so important to take the time to, to listen to others, to hear their story. And it reminds me of, of Psalm 23. I think I shared this a couple of weeks ago, but it's just such a beautiful, beautiful passage. Um, I won't read it all right now, but I encourage you to read it if you haven't read it before. It's just such a powerful scripture that has really carried me through this season. And something that I, I need to remember is that, you know, it talks about how God will lead us to green pastures and he makes us lie down in these green pastures. And it's not like, you know, a dump. It's not a palace either. Sometimes I know we wish it, it was, but it's the green pastures that he leads us to. And it's just such a beautiful picture because in those green pastures, that's where the shepherd takes care of his sheep. It's where the shepherd tends to them, cares for them, leads them, guides them, protects them. And it's just such a loving, loving picture. But at the same time, I think often myself is I compare my grass to someone else's grass. And I always think, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. And then I sit here and I hear these beautiful testimonies and I go, oh, there is different grass. And each of us, if I spend all my time looking at someone else's grass going, their grass is greener, uh, like this boat that I'm in, if we're using that analogy, that, you know, this season that I'm in is so hard, their grass is greener, why can't I be there? I've missed out completely on what God has for me in my pasture, in that season that he's led me to. And, and Psalm 23 just keeps talking about how he'll guide us and he'll lead us even through those darkest valleys and those seasons that are so hard. And so, you know, I just encourage all the people out there, moms, ladies, dads, whoever you are, just I encourage you to just stay in that pasture 
to know that God has led you to that and just to, to be led by our shepherd king. I was reading the study notes in my Bible and it just had such a beautiful picture. I actually want to read it. It said, um, that we can find protection and security in our shepherd king's care. I think we often forget about shepherds in our modern world. We don't, you know, we go to the grocery store, we get what we need. We, the animals are cared for. It's the shepherd king that cares for us. So, yeah. Know that you are cared for. You are loved. And no matter what anyone else is facing, God's got a story for you. And he's there with you. I love that. And I love the fact that when I think about a shepherd, they take oil and they pour it over their sheep's head. Because it's protection from those pesky, you know, flies that want to get there. If there's wounds, it's actually healing. And, and it's oil is used for anointing. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to pour his presence over us as, we are, as we're hurting. We need to choose to sit in, you know, the field of rest and let him just pour his oil to bring healing to those places, to bring his protection, and just to remind us that he has anointed us and called us and chosen us as his child. So he has not forgotten. Absolutely. He has not forgotten. He's, he's there. So thank you for that reminder. That's amazing. Kim, do you have one last word? I do. Um, we were talking about the word languish and lamenting. And, you know, even there are so many amazing scriptures there. Um, but, you know, the books that really stood out to us were um, the Psalms and um, Job. You know, and when we read Job, we said, okay, um, we didn't lose our family. You know, it. it when you read scriptures, you realize that um, David laments, Job languishes, Ezekiel languishes, Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations, you know, Ecclesiastes is 11 chapters about meaningless. There were people that felt the same way we did. And when we're going through those times, God's like, it's okay. You can be real. You can, you can complain about the situation and don't worry, I'm here for you. Right. You know, so um, just being real was a really important thing before God. And, you know, crying before him, lamenting and languishing. That's our new word Kathy and I were talking about. Um, and my scripture, I would say, that really stood out the most was Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And here's the part that just blew us away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, God was with us. He got us out. You know, he is always with us. He loves us so much. He doesn't want us to go through this, but he really wants to draw us close to him. And I was reading, I was also agreeing with you about the emotional, spiritually, um, healthy spirituality. And I wrote so many different things. But the one thing that stood out in that book for me was catastrophic loss precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There is no going back to the past. So... Embrace the season you're in. And just remember, God is working something in you. He's molding you into something new. Even in your 50s and 60s, he's still working on you. So just lean into him. Wow. Thank you so much, ladies. Such rich, rich, profound knowledge and wisdom from all of you. Thank you so much for coming. And I just want to encourage you today, if this has impacted you, um, lean in to the body of Christ, lean into God, and just let God just lather you with his anointing oil and meditate on the promises because he loves you so much. I just want to pray for you this morning. Father, we just thank you that that you love each and every one of your children. You call them yours. You call them precious. And when you call your children precious, God, you, um, you never abandon them. God, that's what your word says. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you know where we are at all times. And so, God, for those who are struggling today, God, I pray that your peace 
that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and their minds. I pray in that in some sort of way, even right now in a tangible way, that they would be able to sense your peace, that they would be able to hear your voice more clearly, and that they would be able to lean in to the body of Christ and to those who can support them. And so, God, we just pray blessings over everybody. God, and we just thank you that you're sovereign and that you are full of love Mm -hmm. and healing. And um, all we need is found in you. So, God, we bless you today in your name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 